your Bible and open with me this morning. If you're glad to be here, say amen. I need some, I need some born again, Holy Ghost excited believers in the house this morning. Somebody say amen. Boy, those are good songs. To be reminded of God's plan for our life. It's just a big week in the life of the church. The youth pull out Tuesday morning for camp. And Satan's attacking mighty. Uh, be reminded the devil leaves a sleeping church alone. But pray for Keisha. She's not feeling well on top of this. And, uh, but they pull out Tuesday for Crossings Camp. It's going to be a great life-changing week for many young people. And then next Sunday, Bible school. So uh, just a lot of good things happening, and, and we can praise the Lord for it. And really... That's the theme of Exodus chapter 15. You know, there's something special about a church that's looking in the same direction. Well, you say, Brother Greg, I, th I thought that's your job to point us that way. No, I'm talking about pastor and people, leaders and laity, with, with a common purpose in mind. Bigger than ourselves, bigger than the corner, but for the glory of God. And I think we get a glimpse of that at the end of chapter 14 after God miraculously delivers the children of Israel across the Red Sea. Now, for those of you that weren't here last week, uh, here's just a one-minute summary, okay? After Egyptian bondage, God goes to Moses and says, go to Pharaoh and, and say, let my people go. And Pharaoh uh, didn't buy it for nine plagues that God sent. But on the 10th, God got Pharaoh's attention, the death of the firstborn. And let's be reminded, unless your house was covered with the blood, the death of the firstborn would take place. But if you were covered by the blood, you were saved. Boy, isn't that a picture of the gospel? It's a picture of the gospel. Uh, Jesus is the Passover lamb. It, 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 it just all makes sense when you look at it in the, in the big scope. And now they're on their way to the promised land. They're now released from Egyptian bondage. Pharaoh says, go. And as they get to the Red Sea, the place where God said camp, they realize there's a problem. The Red Sea's in front of them. Pharaoh wants his slaves back. And Pharaoh's army is in hot pursuit. And what does God do? He opens, he parts the waters. The Bible says the waters became as if walls and they crossed on dry ground. And God miraculously delivers Israel as the Egyptians come hot pursuit right into the midst of the sea and the Bible says they're wiped out, they're drowned. Now, look at the last verse in chapter 14. Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt, so the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Now, it goes right into 15. Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord. Moses and the children of Israel sing this song to the Lord. Chapter 15 is a song that is sung. The Bible says, now the people feared the Lord and they believed the Lord and his servant Moses. And here's the song they sing. Look at me. 
together. Together. There's nothing like the joy of being on the same page. Now, folks, listen, that's difficult sometimes in a church. You say, Brother Greg, we're here to worship the Lord. We are. We are. But there's so many things going on in different lives here today that, uh, that, that is kind of crazy. Um, uh, Cody is getting all of his VBS stuff, and he's, he had it scattered out in his office, and I, and I told him, I said, it's killing me. You're killing me, Cody. And uh, so he wasn't here that one day this week, and I said, Judy, go in there and straighten that up. Just, just organize it for him. And, and she did, so when she did it, I went in there and wrote on the board, Marcia, something like Cody. Judy has organized this cacophony. That was the big word I used. And I remember that from a Christmas play we did, a program we did years ago about Christmas noise. And, and I think cacophony is like confusion and chaos and out of order stuff. And I said, this cacophony, well, sometimes our lives are full of noise. They're full of noise. And, uh, and I don't know how we respond in the, in the quiet, in the silence. Sometimes that, that drives people crazy. I mean, I even find myself wanting to sleep with a little noise. Okay? Well, here's the song. If you're ready, say Amen. Verse one, Moses and the children of Israel sang this song, who to? The Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. Now, folks, listen. This is not Moses singing by himself. He's not singing a solo. They are praising the Lord together. And I believe sometimes when we have special music or when the worship team is leading us, sometimes I feel like we, we, we think we're an audience rather than a worshiper. I, I kid Tim that, uh, you know, a lot of times uh, words will be on the screen and maybe Tim will be singing the solo like he was today a little bit. I told Tim, if the words are on the screen, it's open game, I'm singing. Listen to me, folks. We're not called to come this Sunday morning, this morning, right now. We're not called to come here and just sit. We're called to worship the Lord. And we're called to sing the song of Zion. Because when you look at this song, what they're talking about is what the Lord has done. What the Lord has done. Every praise is to our God uh, forever. These songs that we've sung this morning are about praising and thanking the Lord for what he's done. Verse two, the Lord is my strength and, my, and song. He has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise him, my Father's God and I will exalt him. Nobody can praise the Lord for you. No one can make you praise the Lord. It's a decision you, have, you choose. Now if church is a Saturday night decision, if Sunday morning's a Saturday night decision, then worship is a decision you have to make uh, when you get here. Now, I know people are tired. 
I, I know that, that, that there are all kinds of excuses that just constantly are perpetual in the life of church attendance. Oh, it's, it's too cold in the winter. Oh, it's too dark in the morning. It gets dark too late. Uh, oh, this is vacation season. This is holiday weekend. Folks, if we planned our worship around everything that everything else is planned for, we wouldn't have time. But when we decide that worship is gonna be personal, I will, I will sing to the Lord. I'm going to choose to worship the Lord. Uh, some of you might uh, know the name Michael Catt. Michael Catt was the pastor of Sherwood Baptist Church. He was the pastor of the church that took movie making to the nth degree. Fireproof and courageous and uh, um, facing the giants and flywheel and war room. Uh, all of those movies, uh, that was really birthed out of their church in Albany, Georgia. His goal was to touch the world from Albany, Georgia. And boy, they have. But Michael Catt retired not long ago, had been battling cancer for several years, and retired to Gatlinburg, which he always loved the Smokies, and just a couple days ago took his last breath on earth. Tuesday, they'll have his memorial service. I can remember one of those movies in Courageous uh, when at the end one of the Kendricks is in the church service and says, who will stand, who will stand, who will stand, who will be a man of God? And, and men in the congregation began to stand. I will. That's what they said. I will. And I remember Michael Catt was one of the people in the audience that stood up, the pastor. Listen to me. Worship, if you're going to be on the same page and experience the joy that you see the children of Israel experiencing as they sing together, it's got to be a priority. It's got to be a priority. Now, this service is not too bad. But I'm telling you, folks, sometimes we get to the mentality in church that we can just, just get up whenever you want to, walk around, do whatever you want to do, stretch your legs. No. This is God's time. We're not at a ball game. We're not going to the concession stand. I feel like I need to set up a table of water and say, grab one on the way in. Because this is God's time. Anybody want to say amen? Why? Because he's worthy. He's worthy. Well, he, it, it doesn't stop. Verse 2, he is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. Hey, those of you that were lucky and blessed enough to grow up with a, a Christian dad, want to say amen? My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. You can just feel it, a crescendo. The depths have covered them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, has dashed the enemy in pieces. And in the greatness of your excellence, you have overthrown those who rose against us. It's a testimony to the delivering hand of God. They were on the same page. Now, you say, Brother Greg, you mentioned that sometimes in church that's hard. It is. Hey, how about a family? It's a challenge to keep our family on the same page, is it not? Boy, as you're raising kids, hey, if you're raising teenagers this, this morning and you're thinking, what am I going to do? Hang tough. 
You'll get through it. You'll get through it. Folks, we live in a society that wants to rip the fabric of the family completely into an unrecognizable picture. But for the children of Israel, they couldn't get over what the miracle-working God did, the way-maker, the deliverer, and they also recognized he would not only fight for them, but now they're looking back and saying he fought for us. He did it. He did it. You know this event of crossing the Red Sea, uh, one writer said is a picture of theology redemption. It's a picture of the redemption of Christ. I want you to go to the book of Psalms. Psalm 77. Psalm 77. You know, I mentioned that uh, culture is trying to make the family look unrecognizable and just redefine everything. Um, recently, uh, at, at a little basketball camp they had here in, at Shawnee, Jordy, our, our littlest one, be first grade next year, uh, he, was, he went, and they, and they gave a few little awards at the end, and the coach, when they, given the awards, said, Jordan Herman. Well, that's not Jordy's name. And Kyle has him on video. And they, call, they said Jordan Herman, and Jordy starts looking around for Jordan Herman. Maybe there's, another, there's a Jordan Herman somewhere. And I thought, well, that's kind. But thank the Lord, Daddy was there who said, Jordy, I think he's talking about you. Hey, folks, sometimes we don't, we get to the point, listen, where things that were so common aren't even recognizable. And here we stand as believers with our hands in our pockets, continuing to funnel money to places that support ungodly actions, and we wonder why America looks so crazy. If this is a picture of the redemption of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't you ever forget that Jesus died on the cross, listen, for my old sin-sorry soul and yours too, so that we could forever be changed. Look at 77, starting with verse 11. I remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will meditate on all of your work and talk of your deeds. Your way, O God, is the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? You're the God who does wonders. You have declared your strength among the peoples. You have, uh, with your arm, redeemed your people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. The waters saw you, O God. The waters saw you, they were afraid. The depths also trembled. The clouds poured out water. The sky sent out a sound. Your arrows also flashed about. The voice of your thunder was in the whirlwind. The lightnings lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your way was in the sea, your path in the great waters, and your footsteps were not known. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Look at chapter 78, verse 52. That he made his own people go forth like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock, and he led them on safely so that they did not fear, but the sea overwhelmed their enemies. This is a picture of redemption, of God's redemption. 
And folks, listen to me. There's no one outside of the scope of, that God can't save. His hand is not shortened. He can reach anybody. You'll say, well, Brother Greg, you just don't know them. Hey, there is a God who knows them way better than I do. Dottie Rambo wrote, he looked beyond my fault and saw my need. Isaiah the prophet. I love these verses. Chapter 51, verse nine. Are you not the one who dried up the sea that made the depths of the sea for a road for the redeemed to cross over? Redemption. Redemption. You see, they witnessed this together. They were singing the same song. Uh, they were going the same direction. They were all praising God. They were a team. They were in it together. They were on the same page. Herman Edwards is a, a colorful commentator, a coach uh, who was with the Kansas City Chiefs at one time. And when they asked him some thoughts about teamwork, here's what he said. The players that play on this football team will play for the name on the side of the helmet, not for the name on the back of the jersey. Some basketball teams don't even put the names on the back of the jersey. Uh, I think Bobby Knight was always kind of a, uh, a supporter of that, that you're gonna play for this team. Looking the same direction. Go back to Exodus. So Moses and the people are singing the song and they're, they're in the front row. They've had a front row seat. Have you ever been on the front row for anything? Very seldom have I. I can assure you, if you want a front row in church, it's always available. But most of the time, you'd say a front row seat's a great seat. I don't know, Bev, like when it comes to programs, uh, what's the best seat in the house? Okay? What's the best seat in the house? Well, these all had the best seat because they had a front row view firsthand watching the power of God unfold. So they make this decision. Look at verse one again. I will sing to the Lord. The target would be the Lord. The thanks would be he has triumphed. I wanna ask you this question this morning. Are you praising the Lord for victories in your life? Are you thanking the Lord for maybe today being better than yesterday? Or are you thanking the Lord uh, when he brings you through something? Are you thanking the Lord for the victories in your life? Verse two says, the Lord is my strength and the Lord is my song. Number one in your outline. We don't sing because we somehow think we have good voices. We sing because we have a song and the Lord has given it to you. He's given it to you. Don't ever get over being saved. Don't ever get over of being forgiven. Uh, don't get over the fact that the Lord fights for us. If you go back to chapter 14, look at verse 14. Remember that? The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. You're not gonna have to win this battle on your own. The Lord's gonna fight for you. You shall hold your peace. But there's something else about this song that gives me peace this morning. Verse four. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. 
The depths have covered them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. What you see in verses four through six, look at verse six. Your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, has dashed the enemy in pieces. It's almost as if the Lord has won the victory with very little effort. What you see here is matchless power. We sing it all the time, don't we? There's power in the blood. There's no God like our God. Matchless power. And because of who he is, you get a little description of his presence. Look at verse seven. And in the greatness of your excellence, you have overthrown those who rose against you. You sent forth your wrath. It consumed them like stubble. You see, you recognize that not only is his power matchless, but his presence is majestic. King Jesus. King Jesus. Same page. They were on the same page. They were singing the same song. Not because they thought they were going to win the talent show. They were singing the same song because he is worthy. Number two. To be on the same page, you must be aiming at the right target with your praise and thanksgiving. With your praise and thanksgiving. My first full-time job was at a place called Shopsmith. Uh, it was a factory, uh, woodworking equipment. They had this big thing called a Mark V. Uh, sometimes uh, they would sell these maybe like at the Dark County Fair. A guy would demonstrate this uh, power equipment, five power tools in one, um, and portable kind of thing, expensive. And I remember when they had their first layoff. I'd only been there a year, and I was recipient of being laid off. My dad worked 25 years in the place. when many were talking about retiring and was laid off. Big difference when you have a little vested and when you put your whole life into something. But I'm telling you, one thing I learned, and I think he's gonna be here in the second service today, is how to trust God even when things are tough. Praise. You know, you, you find what you're looking for. I mean, if you want to be critical, if you want to come into church and criticize everything about the building or me or the sound or, or whatever, or the parking, there's plenty enough to do that. But I'm telling you, I'm not going to stand around and listen to you because there is a king of glory who's worthy to be praised. God, has God not blessed us? He has blessed us so much, and he's provided the whole way along the whole journey. And folks, listen, life is too short to be bitter about what's happened because we know there's a better day in front of us. Heaven's a real place, and for those of you that know Jesus, listen, it's only gonna get better and better, even though this whole world's falling apart. Make sure your praise is on the right target. If we think in leadership, effectiveness is a pat on the back, wrong target. 
He is worthy. And this song in, in Exodus 15 is looking back, we will remember, thank you, Lord, for providing, and they just talk about his triumphant conquest over Pharaoh who thought he was invincible. So that brings us to Father's Day. Let me talk to the men. There is a shortage in the average church for sold-out men. Those of you that are married, those of you that are fathers, when you love the Lord, you will love your wife more than you can do it on your own. You'll love your kids more than you can do it by yourself. Here's a challenge to all of you, all of our men this morning. Number three, lead the way. Lead the way in loving God. You say, Brother Greg, you, you, don't, you don't get it. Lead the way to loving God. And I wish, I, I wish you could look up here every Sunday and see a preacher who, who just models all this stuff all the time. And, and man, I, I've, I've failed the test many times. But God calls us to lead. Lead your family, lead your wife, lead your family in loving God. Makes you transparent. Uh, what do we do, Brother Greg? Show it. Be the example. There's a story about a, a little boy and his father are driving down a country road on a beautiful spring afternoon and Suddenly, out of nowhere, a bumblebee flew into the car window. The little boy was allergic to bee stings. He became petrified. His father quickly reached out, grabbed the bee, squeezed it in his hand, and then released it. And as soon as he let it go, the young boy became frantic once again as it buzzed around him. And the father sensed his terror, and once again, he reached out his hand, but this time, he pointed to the hand, and he said to his son, look, you see this? It's the stinger of the bee. You don't need to be afraid. I've taken the sting. I want to remind you this morning, that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus did for us what we could not do ourselves. He leads us to the cross. He shows us how much he loves us. And when he saves us, he doesn't leave us alone. When he went back to the Father, the, the Holy Spirit comes to empower and to help and to convict. You see, you don't need to be afraid of death because Christ has taken the, the sting. You say, Brother Greg, what do you, how do I show it? How do I show, don't just show it, say it. Say it. All that, you don't, you don't get me, preacher. I'm not that kind of guy. Listen, you've got a family that needs to hear you say it. When was the last time you wrote down what you really thought about your loved one and how grateful you are for them? Write it down. Write it down. There was a young pastor in Ohio who was working at a feed processing plant, and he was working there as a second job to try to make ends meet, and every night when he came home, his kids would say, Dad, boy, are you dusty? Are you dusty? Are you dirty? 
He would grumble a little bit and then smile and said, yes, I sure am dusty. And one Saturday morning as he was washing his car, he looked over and he saw his oldest son, at that time four years old, began to pick up small stones from the driveway and began to rub them on his pants. The dad said, what are you doing? He said, I want to be dusty just like you, dad. Folks, I'm telling you, kids are watching, your family's watching. I look at myself, I look at my hands anymore, Dave, and I see my dad's hands. You guys ever, ever be that way? I went to the dermatologist a couple weeks ago, and there was a spot I was concerned about, and she goes, oh, there's nothing to that. We call those wisdom spots. Okay, well, that makes me feel better. How do we show it? How do we say it? First of all, we've got to know him personally. We've got to be the man of God who knows Jesus. We've got to grow in him. Show your family the importance of the word of God. Show your family the priority of worship. And then you've got to go for him. No grow and go. Because God's not called us just to sit in a safe environment of a church. He calls us to a real world who needs hope. And that hope's in Jesus. So lead your family, Dad. Lead the way in loving God. Number four, lead your home in loving God. Lead your home in loving God. Because these folks that were heading to the promised land, there would come a point when all of the land would be divided and those that made it through the 40 years of wilderness, they would eventually have a place, a home. I, I really, my heart goes out to people that don't love being home. How do you lead your family? Worship, the word. Um, is it Zach Williams? This Bible ain't a coaster no more. The word of God, the precious word of God. This book of the law shall not depart from my mouth, but I shall meditate on it day and night. Joshua 1.8. Pray. Are you praying for your family? I think an area in my life, I, I could be a better prayer warrior for Renee. Personally, together. When was the last time your kids heard you pray for them? That you just grabbed them? Maybe you're here today and you have an adult son who's a father. Today would be a great day to put your hands on their shoulders if you're with them or, or pick up the phone to say, I want you to know I'm proud of you. I'm praying for you, and I'll be here for you. And that's the last one, encouragement. If you want to lead your family, be an encourager. Now, I'm not talking about false platitudes. I'm talking about an encourager. I'm talking about, listen, listen, listen to me. A ground ball through someone's legs is not the end of the world. Amen? A missed layup is not the end of the world. 
A B on a report card is not the end of the world. But a little encouragement sure would go a long way. Little encouragement sure would go a long way. It, it bothers me, I'll be honest with you, it bothers me when people make fun of Camden. I can't think of a better place to be. And it may not be for you, but God's called us here to sing the same song. We're marching to Zion, beautiful, beautiful Zion, the beautiful, beautiful Zion, the city of God. And until then, until he comes, we will go. We will go. See, the enemy will do whatever he can. We're just about done. Look at verse 8. And with the blast of your nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright like a heap. The depths congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. The enemy will do whatever he can to get you from being on the same page. But when God's power is witnessed by those around you, we all begin to see what God can do. Here's their song. He can and he will. He can and he will put you on the same page if you're willing to surrender. I want us to bow our heads, and I'm going to ask you a question. Is there any area in your life that you need to surrender? You say, Brother Greg, if you only knew. I don't, I don't need to know. Why don't you just lay that at the foot of the cross? Identify it and say, Lord, here it is. You already know about it, but God, I'm confessing it right here, right now. Here it is. Cleanse me, help me. I realize I'm not, I've not been walking with you in this area. We're not on the same page about my behavior or my, my thought life or what I've been looking at. So I re-surrender today to you. Maybe you're here today and you've never given your heart to Christ. You're thinking, Greg, I wanna be that man, I wanna be that person, but I'm not sure I'm saved. Well, we're going to sing, and I'm going to invite you to come, and we're going to pray together right here on the floor, and you can settle it once and for all right here this morning. Say, Brother Greg, you know we're all Christians in this 830 service. That's exactly what the evangelist could have thought on that Tuesday night in revival when I sat in a pew. So if you need to come, this is your day. This is your day. If you want to just come and pray, you come on. I don't know if we have any young people that are going to camp in this service, but if you are going to youth camp, I want you to come forward. Okay? I want you to come forward and just come to the front row. We're going to have a special time of prayer for you. So, Lord, as we hear the music, have thine own way. Amen. Let's stand.